Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. $18.9 million. That's how much the NCAA will distribute of new money to Division I schools this year to help them pay for full scholarships, room, board, and tuition for student-athletes. That works out to about $54,000 each for the nearly 350 D1 schools, and that's on top of the $500 million already distributed annually. Athletic directors, conferences, and school presidents all grappling with the new economic realities, bidding for high school superstars while generating enough revenue to support other sports. A couple of years ago, we were worried about whether athletes would get paid or not. This certainly helps. And Shad Khan is once again trying to broaden his fan base. The owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars already committed to playing one home game per year in London to reach NFL lovers in Europe. Now he's focusing on attracting younger fans. The team is the first in the league to launch its own fully functional emoji keyboard. Several players, including quarterback Blake Bortles, running back Denard Robinson, signed off on the emoji characters in their image. The initiative part of the team's More Jacks marketing and digital campaign. Hopefully, the emoji keyboard can reflect more happy faces than negative faces this year. Steve Herbst, NASCAR VP, Broadcasting Global Media, big-time title. And so NBA, CBS Sportsnet, varied, significant, diverse assignments. Uh, what's more fun, this or what you used to do? Listen, I love where I am in NASCAR right now. There is nothing like you know, the NASCAR experience. The NBA was terrific. Almost 20 years there working production, broadcasting. We launched NBA TV in 1999. We had great success there. CBS was a terrific experience working with Sean McManus and the group at CBS Sports. Now here at NASCAR for about four years now, uh, terrific people surrounded by people who love the sport, hardworking people uh, who, who care nothing more than growing NASCAR. The live NASCAR event has uh, will turn anyone into a fan. That sights and sounds that bring you close to the event can't be matched anywhere else. It's important, I would assume, to work with guys, work for with women guys, Lisa France Kennedy, uh, Brian France, who have the vision, like a Sean McManus did, like a David Stern did. You get the direction from the top, but you can also impose your own structure on how to get there. Sure. I mean, terrific structure up top, Brian and Lisa and Jim and the board, Mike Helton, of course, Brent Dewar, our chief operating officer, Steve Phelps, of course, Steve O'Donnell on the racing and the business side. But they allow you to kind of grow, make your decisions, uh, take projects and run with them. Of course, you gotta you gotta deliver. They're gonna give you the room to grow it and to do what you wanna do, but you gotta deliver and you gotta stay close to the mission. What does the VP of programming and global media do on a day-to-day -day basis? So look, the main structure, the kind of the main you know job I have is to make sure the relationship between uh, NASCAR and the networks that carry NASCAR is a good, healthy relationship that the networks are getting what they need uh, and all the, all the resources that they need to present our sport properly. On the NASCAR side is to make sure that they are presenting it in the proper way and making sure that they know about all our initiatives and everything else. It's an endless list of scheduling issues, talent, you name it, uh, all in an effort 
to terrific, you know, kind of, you know, make a terrific broadcast for them every Sunday. Now, Brian France is at the, is at the head of the funnel, so to speak, but there's a lot of different issues relative to other sports. You have, you have two major uh, track companies, public companies. You have countless race teams, countless race tracks themselves. How do you juggle it all? To steal a, a John Miller from NBC line, a little bit of a symphony across many different platforms. You name the tracks, the drivers, the teams, uh, obviously the companies, the track companies that are involved. What you have to do is over-communicate like you've never seen before. So what I tell my guys is whenever you think you've done it, you haven't, you're not nearly there on the communication. So, you know, uh, uh, a friend of mine once told me, you know, make a list that you can refer to every time you make a decision. I just made a decision, who does this impact? And at NASCAR, you gotta make sure that you're covered in every area. That's how you do it, it's nothing, there's no magic there, it's just hard work. You also have the transformation of different partners and those partners are all in for a period of time, then they're effectively all out. And so from July 5th on, you usher in the new NBC partnership. Tell us about the, the diverse elements of it, where it is today and where you wanna see it go. Yeah, they, you know, NBC comes with this incredible history, this incredible kind of uh, uh, portfolio of what they've accomplished over the years, which is incredible. So they already have this enormous track record, incredible track record. So what you walk right into right off the bat is a world-class operation of production, promotion, programming, marketing, the whole thing, a built-in system. So the way it starts will probably look a little bit different than the way it ends, but we are up for a little bit of the uncertainty of what is NASCAR is gonna look like new on NBC. They were in the sport many years ago. They're back. Some of the people have changed, some of the same. So we're, we're excited about it and we're intrigued about what they're gonna bring to the table because you know, just when you think maybe someone's come up with the ultimate way to show a live sporting event, there's another crew out there looking atop that. That's what these NBC guys do. Fox guys do the same thing, so. Fox guys do the same thing, but they do it for you at the beginning of the year, and the seamless transition in theory, starting in 16, will be the handoff on a half-year basis, NBC, Fox. Do they work well together? You put them in a ring and see who survives. Yeah, they do great together. You know, they produced a spot this year, they're kind of a joint spot, promoting, you know, NASCAR being on these two networks. Look, we've had terrific partner relationships over the years. Turner, incredible partner, ESPN, CBS, CBS right, right, way back. Uh, ESPN took us through the first uh, season of the new Chase format last year. Did a terrific job explaining to people how it works and how it, how it feels, passing that over to NBC. So now a two-partner system, so to speak, Fox in the first half, NBC in the second half, a clean handoff coming. We think it'll help the fan. We think it'll help promotion and marketing for the fan that maybe is new to the sport. Doesn't have to look far. You know, Fox and FS1, NBC, and NBC Sports Network over the course of a 36 race Sprint Cup season, it's going to be pretty, pretty easy to find. How do you get television, digital, all the platforms uh, as an ally to get more casual fans to become avid and non fans to become casual? Yeah, and we have a, a part of this enormous group we have in Charlotte. Uh, that is what we call the eighth floor down in Charlotte handles all of our digital, all of our social. We are kind of, uh, we have extraordinary reach now across all of our platforms, TV just being one of them. So when you add up the TV, the digital, and the social, you're talking about an extraordinary reach. You know, uh, we're about six and a half to seven million viewers this so far this year for Sprint Cup races on Fox and FS1. And, you know, 14 Sprint Cup races in, uh, this year, 10 of the 14 weeks 
we're going to be the number one or two rated sport coming out. So you kind of start with TV, but we have great, great uh, reach with the other uh, platforms. Hypothetically, phone rings in the middle of an interview. Brian France, Eric Shanks from Fox, Mark Lazarus from NBC call. Who do you take? Whose call do you take first? Well, you got to talk to the boss. You know, <laughs> you got to talk to the boss. You got to see what you got to see what the boss needs. You know, and then uh, Eric and Mark, I'll, I'll be happy to get to them immediately after I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why Steve Herbst survives in this business. <laughs> no, listen, and and again, incredible leadership at the top, and I've been lucky. You know, David Stern and Adam Silver, Sean McManus, uh, Brian France and the France family. It's been a great. Uh, it's been a great run in terms of uh, working for what I would call kind of the the best and the brightest in the sports. Give me the sea change that we think Daytona Rising is going to do for the sport. $400 million total renovation of the Daytona International Raceway. Interestingly, I'm sure at the July 5 race, you're going to be showing Mark Lazarus. That's where your suite's going to be, but you can't get there because it's steel. But in January, it is a brave new world out there, kind of like Super Bowl 50 and what Levi Stadium is. So talk about that building. Yeah, the building's going to be incredible. I mean, and those who have, who have been through Daytona the last couple of years see this transformation happening, you know, kind of start to finish. It's going to be an incredible world-class building, a facility that's going to be visited by people from uh, every state, every country will come to see this building. And look, there's a lot of competition out there with new football stadiums, new ba uh, baseball, basketball and hockey arenas that offer all these terrific um, uh, amenities to all these fans. And, and Daytona will be able to do this now. Uh, so not, not only do you have kind of the history of Daytona, you know, the, leg the legends of Daytona with world-class racing, racing back on the beach many years ago, you now have this facility to match that great history. And what about international? That's an important perspective. Uh, Germany recently, they know Formula One, they don't know NASCAR, but they know drivers, they know celebrities, and, and ironically, they know Daytona. So how do you build that brand? Yeah, yeah great challenges on the international front, but we, on the TV side, we recently did this 10-year uh, deal with IMG as our international distributor of all of our content, 150 or so countries that take racing, NASCAR racing in some way, shape, or form, either live or cut downs. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of the great frontier for us. We're constantly meeting with uh, international broadcasters from all over the place to try to spread the word. Um, we believe it has a bright, bright future. We've got a great TV package in place. Uh, Mexico and Canada in really good shape here in the Americas, and now we have to attack the rest of the world. So You've done a great job as well of uh, minor league is not appropriate and doesn't give enough respect, but you have these multi-series, and you've got the television partners engaged in all of those series as well. Is that going well? It's going great. You know, we've got, again, this two-partner setup, Fox and NBC, but Fox has Sprint Cup and, of course, Xfinity in the first half. NBC Sprint Cup and Xfinity in the second half. And of course, Fox has the, uh, the Camping World Truck Series throughout the entire se season. It's going great. And terrific uh, uh, viewership on both those, both those series as well. The Xfinity, over a million people watching every week. Uh, Camping World Truck Series, around a million every week. So these are not just, you know, minor league, you know, oh, I may check it out once in a while. We've got dedicated fan audiences, sometimes specific to those series. We've got a great diehard group that loves watching the trucks race. So uh, it's been terrific, and we have just a great kind of a TV partnership there. Not just with the, think of the races themselves, 36 Sprint Cup races and, and such, the practice sessions, the qualifying sessions, 
uh, you name it, gets great TV coverage. We're close to 100% coverage across all three series for every practice and qualifying session. It's pretty remarkable. You have your own internal goals and objectives, we know, in ROI mandates and all, but you also, in many ways, should, if you don't, measure your success against the big stick and ball, the big four sports, but fan avidity and, and, and uh, uh, sponsor activation. Uh, on many material measures, you're superior, you're certainly holding your own. How, how do you evaluate all that and what does it mean? It's, you know, four years in the sport and it's something that I noticed right off the bat. I had, I'd watched it carefully and saw it when I was not in the sport. When I got here, I got to, of course, work with it very closely. It's remarkable, uh, the attachment our fans have to their drivers and their teams and even the automaker and how, how dedicated they are to the, the manufacturer of any particular vehicle that they feel a real uh, feel a real awareness and a tightness and a closeness to. So again, NASCAR kind of is, is very unique in that way, in that over the course of a 10-month season, you can really uh, measure you know, that closeness and that affinity for, for everything NASCAR. Um, and it's, you know, we had a tough weekend in Michigan because it rained a lot and we had starts and stops and everything else. Our rain, you know, Fox's rain coverage, rain delay coverage, you know, was, was incredible. You know, the numbers that came, in out, of, came out of that because of just the, the kind of the dedication of our fans. People saw at the racetrack, people didn't leave. They just wait. They wanted to see racing. That's why they were there. So you're not going to drive the NASCAR fan away, for for in the elements. Let's just say that. Speaking of Michigan, you guys are really creative from another perspective as well. PIR Brian Sperber announces the Jeff Gordon Raceway. So you name a piece of the track or a track for a piece of time for the October November 15 uh, Quick and uh, Loans the Race for the Heroes uh, 500, which is the semifinal. It's a way to honor Jeff Gordon, but it's also a way to attract attention. The, you held that press conference at Michigan basically five months before a November race, and it's a headline. Yeah, it's a headline. These guys are these guys are amazing. The promoters are incredible. And look, they out they're out there. They're selling tickets. It's a tough business. There's a lot of competition. There's other you know kind of magnificent new buildings that you're selling against in your marketplace. These guys are incredible. They are creative. They are hardworking, and they're amazing at what they do. So you're a loyal guy, 19 years at the NBA and then the, the CBS world a bit, uh, but you're qualified, you always look at the next challenge. How long are you here? You know, you said, you mentioned before when Brian called, so that's why I pick up the phone. I want to be here a long time. So uh, I love the sport. I love the people who, who run the sport and who I work for and work with on a daily basis. These are some of the more talented, most talented, creative, hardworking people you see. Um, there is a, it's a long season, but people treat the first race of the year and the middle race of the year and the last race of the year the same. No one's, no one's kind of mailing it in. No one's ever taking time off. It is really kind of a, a kind of more, you, you live this and breathe it more than work there, so. Since you started there uh, four years ago, are you, uh Personally, are you driving more recklessly, more carefully? Are you getting in more accidents? What's your deal? I'm a very conservative driver. I am very defensive out there. Um, and I, I, it's particularly coming out of the racetrack when there's a lot of traffic and people moving very fast. I'm I, I, very careful out there. Not sure I quite believe that. Well, <laughs> thank you, Rick, thank you, okay. thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. I'm Rick Harrell. The producer of the show, Alex Cohen. Associate producer, Bethel Hobte. Assistance provided by Tanner Simpkins and Carlos Waddick. And the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Colarusso.